Welcome to the Erasing Shame podcast, season one. This podcast is about erasing shame through honest talk for healthy living, emotionally, relationally, mentally, and personally. Visit our website at erasingshame.com for links to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. Now, let's have an honest talk for healthy living. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Erasing Shame podcast. Today, we are talking with Iris Chen, the untiring mom. And this is episode number 10. Uh, my co-host, Eunice Lee, is um, recovering from uh, the past three episodes of recording so many interviews. So our thoughts and prayers go out to her. Uh, Iris is a recovering tiger mother who wants to help people untiger and detox from tiger parenting. After seeing the negative effects of authoritarian parenting and unhealthy cultural expectations in her own life, she's now on a mission to promote gentle parenting and educational freedom, especially among other Asian Americans like herself. And you can follow her at untigering.com where she blogs about her adventures in parenting and unschooling her kids while living in China. Now we've, um, We've been talking about different aspects of shame here on the Erasing Shame podcast. And on this episode, we'll be talking about shame and parenting, or shall we say unparenting. And uh, one of the questions we uh, had from way back in episode one is this comment. And I wanted to get uh, Iris's reaction first, and then she can tell about um, how she wound up where she is. Uh, since many Asian cultures are performance-based and often our sense of shame stems from not feeling like we've done good enough. As you guys have mentioned, how would you encourage second and third generation parents to parent differently? What would be some tangible ways that as parents, we can remind ourselves to now subject our own children, the next generation, away from this toxic shame? So uh, introduce yourself. How'd you come across this untigering idea and uh, where do you live now? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I was born in California, and but grew up most of my grade school years in Canada because of my dad's job. Then moved back to California during my teenage years and then went to school there and got married um, to like a Silicon Valley engineer. And we stuck around in the Silicon Valley for a few years and then decided to move out here to China, where we have been for the past 15 years. So my husband is out here teaching English, and we have two boys who were born here in China, even though they're Asian American, they've never lived in America. <laughs> but yes, so yeah, that's just a quick rundown on my background. Great, so how'd you come up with this concept of untigering uh, as parents. Maybe you could uh, briefly explain what the idea of tiger mom is for those of our uh, viewers that don't know. Yeah, so tiger mom is sort of a term that comes from Amy Chua's book, The Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, and which came out a few years ago. And um, just this concept of like the traditional Chinese mother who's very harsh and strict, mm. very demanding, very, um, performance oriented and 
gives few limits to her children. Um, and yeah, the reason why I came up with untigering was because I, I was sort of that tiger mom, maybe not as extreme <laughs> as she was, but I was definitely, you know, believed in having high, high expectations and obedient kids and all that stuff. And, um, but I, like I said in, in, in the introduction or like you read in my introduction, it was like, I was seeing the negative effects of that. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to move away from that type of parenting to something that, um, that made more, not just made more sense, but resonated more with what I believed a parent should be. Even though I was sort of caught in those styles of parenting, I wanted to move away from that. <clears throat> um, so that's that's how I came up with that term. And then also the unschooling part. Unschooling is where you're um, pretty much home educating your children, but not through any curriculum and not through any like division of subjects not even through teaching. So, yeah. So it's it's where I know, mind-blowing, right? So it's where you let your child uh, pursue their interests and you believe that they will learn what they need to learn through pursuing their own interests. So, yeah, that in itself was very untiger, you know. Um so the combination of those two things, like gentle parenting and also unschooling, made me realize, oh, that's like very, like going the opposite direction of um, what a tiger mom is. And so that's sort of how I came up with the idea of untigering. That's amazing. Uh, many of us uh, grew up in a particular family and we tend to parent the same way that we were parented. Um, how did you figure out how to untiger? Did you look at your parents and say, I'm just going to do the opposite? Or were there <laughs> resources that helped you to find your way that would be a healthy untigering and gentler? Yeah, I mean, I think um, we always look back on our our childhood and say like, oh, th- these are the things that my parents did well. These are the things mm-hmm. that that I don't want to incorporate it in my parenting. And so I think most of us are like that, you know, there, there are things that we um, take that were good from our parents and we want to reject some of those more extreme ways of parenting. Um, I like, honestly, I had a pretty good childhood. <laughs> so my parents were, you know, they were tiger parents, but like light, you know, tiger parent light. Um, so in some ways they gave me a lot of freedom to have my own ideas. And that's, I think, part of the reason why I feel free to sort of venture out, um, and do something that is unconventional is because they gave me some of these freedoms. But I also realized that, that there are things, um, in the way that I was parented that sort of make it difficult for me to, you know, either be the parent I want to be or to be even the person that I want to be. Um, and that's like true of any parent, right? So we, I just want to keep on moving in a direction that um, shows greater respect and, and greater dignity towards children. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, that, that's good. I uh, just wanted to have you honestly share uh, about your experience. Uh, tell us a little more about how well it's working for your children. Are they getting 
uh, are they having a good sense of confidence and learning or are they playing too many video games and not disciplined? You know, that would be the greatest fear. Yeah, so I think that's that's something about unschooling where, you know, uh, you really have to have a trust and respect of your kids and not um, place value judgments on their interests. You know, like there's a lot of fear about video games or too much screen mm -hmm. time or, um, I really try not to do that because like this next generation, almost all of their lives are going to be like surrounded by technology. Okay. So um, I really see technology or video games as sort of neutral okay. and um, not, I don't want to demonize them. I don't want to say like, because, yeah, that's sort of like the one fear when you just let go is like, oh, my kids are just going to be bums and sit around and play video games all day. But I think there's another way that we can frame that in terms of um, if you engage with them, there's actually a lot of things that they can learn through gaming, through board games, through just through life in general. And so instead of labeling certain things as like, bad or these things are good um, just to give them just to open the doors and let them explore and give them as many opportunities to um, get their hands on what they're interested in and and then yeah just to trust that they will learn so for example my mm -hmm. kids are really into coding and that's not something that I they um, they are eight and ten right now and that's not something that I encourage or I'm interested in or I find value in necessarily. Like I'd much prefer for them to go play outside or for them to uh, read a book or, you know, do art or all those things that are typically like, you know, those are good for kids, you know, but this, um, but they are really into coding. And when I've given them the freedom to just pursue that and to really get into it, they're like creating amazing things even at such a young age. And they're learning stuff about math, you know, they're learning math concepts, they're learning about coding and cause and effect and all that stuff, which I think is amazing. And so I think to reframe the way we think about, you know, education or the way we think about even gaming or screen time um, so that we can, be at a place of like partnership and trust with our kids instead of like restricting, you know? Mm. So. And, and what be, would be your role as a parent and as a teacher or guide as they're exploring and learning about their world on their own? Do you have something that you need to be doing and introducing them to opportunities or helping them overcome their failures or fears? Uh, what, what yeah. Kind of yeah, definitely. Because some some people think that, oh, when you in school, it's just permissive parenting and you just let your kids do whatever and you're actually not involved. But actually, um, unschooling parents, if, if we're doing it right, are very involved because we're not relying on sort of these set hmm. programs or curriculums to define. So we have to be really sensitive to what our kids are, are into or what they might be interested in. So we will like, if they're really, my kids uh, were really into like reading Percy Jackson 
And okay. so then they got into Greek mythology. And so I'm like looking up books and I'm saying, oh, does this book, you know, look interesting to you? Books about Greek mythology, okay. you know, and um, yeah. So we're always, we're constantly looking for opportunities to place things, to expose them to things because they don't, they don't necessarily have exposure to, to everything, you know, like the internet or whatever. So I can do some research and place things before them that I think might be interested, that they might be interested in. So like looking at their interests and then providing resources for them. So for example, like if I see that they're really into coding, then I might consider like um, paying extra for uh, more, access to different parts of the app or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or buying certain materials if they're into robotics, you know, buying those materials for them. So it's a very, it's a very engaged process. It's not necessarily like one way directional where it's like the teacher imparting knowledge to the child, but it's trusting that the child has the, the natural ability and curiosity to learn and then providing the resources for them to get where they need to go. Well, it sounds like it's working. And so as they're developing naturally, it sounds like they'll really get to develop their strengths rather than developing everything. And they're just okay with uh, some things and not so good at other things. Describe a little bit about the difference of your uh, two, two kids. What has surfaced as their unique strengths and gifting? Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah, there was another part of that, uh, your, uh, question before that I didn't answer in terms of like helping them overcome challenges. And I think my older child in particular is more of a, a perfectionist like me, um, because I tiger parented him when he was younger. And so, um, it's harder for him. But then as an unschooling mom, I have to see like, well, just because he wants to give up on something doesn't mean I encourage it. It's just like, okay, you want to give up? That's okay. Because oftentimes the issue is is not the activity itself, but it's just the frustration he's feeling. Mm. And he would feel that in, in any activity that he tries. So I need to sort of parse out what is it that he's really frustrated with? Does he really not enjoy this activity? Mm. Or is he wanting needing help to overcome some of the challenges? And if that's the case, then I want to help him to overcome those challenges by encouraging him, by talking through things. So for example, um, they have piano lessons and my my younger child is sort of like more carefree and um, self-motivated. And so we were noticing that my older son was having, like getting frustrated easily with practicing piano. And so we talked to him about it, we asked like, are you still interested? Is this something you still want to do? Um, are there ways that we can help you? And um, and we asked our younger son too. And our younger son, because sometimes he would only get two songs and then in the middle of the week, he said, I'm bored. Mom, can you teach me something new? So he wanted to move faster. Oh, yeah. For my older son, he was like, uh, I feel a little overwhelmed. Um, I might want to slow down. And so we, we listened to them. 
it's not like, oh, well, you're this certain age or you're older, so you should be moving faster. You should be like two years ahead of your brother. Yeah. We like, that's totally, we throw yeah. that out the window and we're listening to what their particular needs are. And so so we talked to the teacher and we said, okay, well, maybe for the older one, um, tone it down a little, go a little slower so that he's still enjoying it, but still learning and improving. And then as he gains more confidence, then we can pick it up. And then for the for the younger one, he's game for more. So give him more, you know. So that's, you know, even with just regular homeschooling, those are some of the benefits of it where you can tailor it particular, mm-hmm. you know, to the to mm-hmm. the personality of your child and move at their pace instead of um, feeling like there's these standardized goals that you need to set. Well, that's really neat. It's, uh, the picture that comes to my mind is like on a treadmill. Some people are ready to run uh, faster than others. And you don't want the treadmill to run at the same speed for everybody where one person just gets winded and falls down while the other one is just like, uh, can you pick it up a bit? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. See, for me on a treadmill, I'd be walking at a very slow pace. <laughs> no jogging for me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The uh, So you're an Asian-American living in China, doing parenting and schooling in such a different way. What kind of reaction do you get from uh, their friends and your neighbors? Yeah, well, I think because we're Asian American, people know that we're foreigners in a way. Mm. So we're already strange and we already don't fit the norm. We actually tried a few years ago to get our kid into the local school system because we wanted them to be bilingual, you know, we wanted them to learn Chinese. Um, but because we're foreigners, we were not able to get in. Mm. So, um, yeah, so we're already sort of outside of the system in a way. Um, and I think a lot of the local parents here are frustrated with the system. I mean, it's even more extreme here than in mm. the States, you know, just how strict it is, the lack of freedom, the regimented aspects of it. And um, a lot of parents feel like, they don't like it, but they have no choice. And so when they, when they hear about what I'm doing, they sort of, they're intrigued by it. They're interested in it, but they know it's like way too extreme for them. Mm. Um, even, even just taking their kid out of school and homeschooling them is, I don't know if they're allowed to technically, but it's also very mm. risky yeah. because once you take your child out of the, out of the system, it's, it's very difficult and challenging to get back into the system. So if you don't have like the resources to send your kid abroad, you know, what, what is going to happen to your, your child? They're not really sure. Um, but then also, you know, anything can happen in the next five, 10 years. There's so, so many changes going on here. Yeah. So, well, yeah, but I think most of them are really like intrigued and, agree with the principles of it, but don't feel like they can do it themselves. So, Because as Asian Americans, particularly East Asian Americans and South Asian Americans, we really, really value education. And 
sometime down the road, they're going to be college age. How will their learning from home prepare them for college or will you need to go through some other program? Yeah, so both my husband and I are sort of prepared for the fact that um, my kids may never want to go to college mm, <laughs> and wow. don't tell my parents that. But, um, but like we don't, we that's not something that we're going to, um, we'll encourage it if that's what they want to do or if they want to go into a field that requires it, like we are all in, but we just don't believe that that's the only way to live and have a successful mm. and fulfilling life. You know, uh, there are many amazing people who've never gone that route. So um, it's, it's sort of like this idea of compulsory, making something compulsory or required that sort of takes the joy out of it, you know? Um, so definitely if they want to go to college, we will support them and provide them with the resources so they would need to get caught up in um, all those, you know, taking the SAT and taking those required courses and stuff like that. So, at, you know, at that age when they need to start deciding where they're headed for the future, if college is the way to go, then is, is the route that they want to take, then we would sort of get them up to speed. But what I've um, heard of, you know, about grown unschoolers who've sort of gone this route and are grown now and have their, you know, are adults, is that if they want to go to school, they can learn what they need to learn in a few weeks, a few months. Like they already know how to learn. So they don't have to spend their entire, they don't have to spend their entire childhood <laughs> sitting in a classroom working on workbooks. Like you can learn algebra in, you know, a couple of weeks if you're, you know, a, a person who is motivated to learn because they want to be an engineer mm. instead of like, you know, you're 13 years old and you're just doing it because you're told, you know. That is a brilliant insight. You are helping them to enjoy learning, learning how to learn and being motivated to develop themselves. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like um, there's all this talk about, you know, learning styles. And actually there's recently just they debunked that idea of um how learning styles help people learn like the most important thing is the motivation like mm -hmm. you're either motivated by necessity or you're motivated by interest mm -hmm. and those are the things that are going to drive you to learn and learn in ways that are meaningful to you and that will actually stick with you because we've like all of us have learned things in the past that never stuck with us or are not meaningful or relevant to us at all right so wow that's really yeah. good well, as we're wrapping up, what would you say to our viewers and listeners that are struggling with their family relationships right now? And since we're talking about parenting, for, for those who are parenting and they have a child that hates learning and is unmotivated. And, uh, yeah, and I talked a lot about unschooling. I didn't talk a lot about parenting, but I think like this I, unschooling idea is definitely rooted in the idea in, in the foundation of gentle parenting, because gentle parenting is just the belief that everyone, especially like even our children are worthy of dignity and respect and of autonomy and how like um, tiger parents 
don't necessarily believe that. They don't believe in the autonomy and dignity of our children. And so, and so we're coming down on them and we're controlling them and we do not give them the respect and autonomy they need. So, um, so yeah, I think that's really foundational to sort of changing our minds about children and their value and their humanity so that um, we see them as people and not just as you know, things to be controlled or to be shaped in in the way that we want them to be. So I sort of, yeah, was that your question? I forgot what your question was. No, you answered it uh, in a very Asian and circular kind of way. So that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And yeah, so, so I was more like, yeah, just for, um, for people who are struggling as as tiger parents, I would say, yeah, definitely to sort of change the way we we see children. Um, and then for those who have been tiger parented, who are struggling with the ways that they feel disadvantaged or hurt because of the way they've been tiger parented, I think, you know, we, we talk about, um, you know, this is the Erasing Shame podcast. And mm-hmm. I think I think shame is actually a, a lot that drives tiger parenting, where we're mm-hmm. um, worried about what other people think. Our, our identity is really tied to our, our performance mm-hmm. as parents and our, our children's performance. And so that sort of drives some of the controlling behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and and same with like some of the just the, the pain that we're experiencing as adults. Um, and so I think a, a big step is to um, just acknowledge it, acknowledge our fears mm-hmm. and our pains, but whether as children of tiger parents or as tiger parents to um, own up to it and be vulnerable. I think in Brene Brown's writing, she says like the antidote to shame is empathy. Mm-hmm. And so, for us to empathize with ourselves, whether it's like us as a child, empathize with that child that was hurt, um, empathize with ourselves as parents who are trying really hard, but don't get it right sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then to find, definitely to find communities or find safe spaces where we can share that shame with, share our pain with. Um, And I think that sort of, the start of the entiring process. That's beautiful. And and you blog about uh, your experiences in life as a parent, as schooling, and other parts of life. Tell us about uh, what you're doing at untiring.com, and, and we'll wrap this up. Yeah. So um, I blog at untiring parenting, at untiring.com about um, gentle parenting, especially from an Asian American perspective, because untigering is like, it's not, um, I, I say that it's sort of a direction. It's not a destination because it's mm-hmm. sort of a process. A lot of the gentle parenting stuff out there for an Asian American like me is really hard to relate to because it's just so extreme in, in the other uh-huh. direction of my experience. Um, and so untigering is sort of like, 
on the process, in the process there, like how can we move in that direction even though we have um, an, a family experience that is really counter to those ideals in a lot of way. And so, yeah, it's a process. It's sort of, we might, we're not there yet, maybe totally on that other extreme, but we want to move in that direction. And how can we sort of loosen our grip a little, um, be a little bit more empathetic, you know, dip our toes in the water. We don't necessarily need to jump in the deep end at first, but to take those little steps uh, where we are being more respectful towards our children and more empathetic and yeah, just moving in that direction. Well, so. I've read, I've read a few entries there at untigering.com and I haven't finished reading all of it, but you have some fascinating stories. Some are very funny. Some are rather very vulnerable. So thank you for sharing your life. And I think as more of us do that, it helps us to realize we're not alone. It's okay that we're imperfect and we don't have to hide in shame and that we can have a hopeful and healthy life. So yeah. thank you, Iris for being with us on the Erasing Shame podcast. Uh, those of you that are viewing and listening, continue to uh, be a part of our conversation about Honest Talk for Healthy Living uh, here on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Erasing Shame. Also, we're on the web, erasingshame.com, as well as YouTube and iTunes. Uh, it's up to you to share our conversations with others. And uh, we don't have a budget. We don't have staff. We just do this out of love for our fellow uh, humankind. So uh, have a great evening. Have a great day. Thank you, Iris. Blessing to you. Bye-bye. Thank you, DJ. Bye-bye. Thank you.